the first Middle Eastern character in Street Fighter. His his the stage he came with originally was fighting on top of a plane flying through a city, and he was announced on nine eleven. Stop. That can't be true. Both of those things are true. <laughs> Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only podcast that has an outline and then we'll just kind of fill in the middle as it goes. Who needs to tell a story? Who needs a coherent story? I'm your host, Jared Sheldon, my co-host, Stephen Levine. Stephen, how are you doing today? I'm in the passenger seat. <laughs> it always feels weird. It Every time weird. we do this, it feels weird. Uh, it is weird, but here we are. Here we are, between seasons. <laughs> the 4th of July. If you hear noises in the background, it's probably fireworks. It's hopefully fireworks. Yeah, we're it, in Chicago. It does make the gunshot or firework noises, you know, it's kind of playing on easy mode today. It's pretty skewed. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not a game I play often, but when you do... Have you ever seen footage of planes going over cities on the 4th of July? No. It's really cool. Okay. Are the fireworks, I'm assuming, below? No, yeah, they're below the plane. Yeah, okay. So, like, you're looking down on the city, and you see fireworks just everywhere. I think I saw, it's either, I'm pretty sure it was Chicago that I saw a video of a plane going over Chicago, and it's just, like, it looks like a moss that is growing over Chicago of just that's cool it's really cool uh it will be released after the holiday so i guess it's a little late to say this but remember animals don't love the fireworks so uh your pets make sure you take care of them yes please we would get a lot of trazodone prescriptions when i worked in veterinary medicine oh really? before the fourth of july for dogs yeah yeah because just like fucking knock them out <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in two days my friend were fireworks set off near where you were growing up kind of so, Michigan, until a few years ago, had a law that fireworks were illegal for the most part. Like all fireworks or no. the ones that shoot up in the air? The ones that shoot up in the air. Okay. But Indiana is a lawless land. It's true. <laughs> and I lived like an hour from the border. Uh-huh. So, a lot of people would just like drive to Indiana. Yeah. And get them. That's the same in Minnesota. It was... Is Wisconsin a lawless land? No, North Dakota is a lawless land. Both are lawless lands. Oh, got it. Wisconsin's a little better, but not by much. Okay. Yeah. That's why when you're driving through Wisconsin and you're like, every few hundred miles, it's signs for fireworks, fireworks, yeah. cheese, all, fireworks. All along the border of Indiana and Michigan, be like, hey, fireworks right over there. Yeah. Also, I think Wisconsin... A lawless land, but not as bad, is basically like on their signs as you enter <laughs> the state. It's a hellscape, but not that bad it's of a hellscape. A, we've seen worse hellscapes. Like, comparatively, more aiming for purgatory. Listen, if you're going to aim for Alabama or Wisconsin, I'm going to take Wisconsin, you know? <laughs> Yo, I listened to that song recently because it came on at a bar. I... It's not as wholesome as I remember it being. No. I mean, we, we had this conversation earlier in the week over text message of the classic rock songs and all of the lyrics are way different than the vibe of the song. Oh, yeah, but Sweet Home Alabama is, like, way more conservative than I thought it, the oh, yeah. song was. I mean, obviously, like, Alabama very conservative, but, like, one of the lyrics is Watergate does not bother me. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> We were talking about over a text message, and I think we... It was uh, Born in the USA. Yeah. Yeah. Born in the USA. And 
<laughs> those lyrics do not match the vibe, and people have latched onto it as like this American anthem, and yep. it's it's not that. No, it's like it's like using Fortunate Son to do like pro war propaganda. Like yeah. you you missed the mark, my guy. Yeah. Did you know? Well, on Carnival, we use it for the. Uh, we have like an American rock show, and they are using it on the America raw raw side of it. But for in the time period that I was working for them, so this is 2018 to 2021, they were using the verse that is blatantly racist. Wait, there's a verse that's blatantly racist? Yes. Got in a little hotel jam, so they put a rifle in my hand to go and kill the yellow man. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's of its time. Sure, and I, it, it feels... Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean we have to sing that today. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those pieces where you're like, the the rest of the song almost gives it credence to be like, you wouldn't say that in casual. Like, you, no. the artist, probably don't, like, don't believe that. But, like, you're now, you're repeating the slang of the people around you for the purposes of telling this story. Well, the irony... But also, why are we singing on a carnival cruise? (laughs) Yeah. The irony in that all... A majority of the servers around us who are serving people watching this show are of Philippine descent, and you're like, I don't like... I don't like this. Do you know why that is? Like, Uh, I'm always interested when, like, specific industries have a very high, like, demographic that mm -hmm. works it that isn't inherently, like... Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, do you know what the connection there is? I think they they recruit there pretty heavily, mm, mostly okay. because of it. It's beneficial for them in the exchange rate. They take home a lot more than they would make in their own country. Oh, gotcha. But it's also like a living condition thing where we'll take whoever will put up with what we're throwing at. Sure. Them. Yeah. Who wants to live on the boat and be a servant? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Not to say that people from the Philippines are all struggling, but I think it's more of like a, a population density kind of a thing. Because sure. we also get a lot of people from India. Oh, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Oh, and that's where they're actively targeting. Like, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So, today, <laughs> this is not a normal episode, even though nope. we are bantering like it is. Today we watched a movie. Boy, did we. Boy, did we. What we can technically classify as a movie called The Mercenary. It's starring... Starring is a very loose term. Yeah. Rob from Thailand. Yes, so that w- that was the reason we're pulling it into our, our Survivor-adjacent movie category. Yes. Now, we did look for After Sundown, which stars Jake from Season 5. Mm-hmm. However, it is not available for streaming anywhere, even those places where it's the Wild West. <laughs> you have to buy a DVD. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a DVD for like 20 bucks on Amazon, so I might get it. We might get there. Because... Man, do I love watching awful fucking movies. <laughs> this one, you could actually watch, though. Steven, what streaming platform was this on? Uh, we watched it on... It was something ridiculous. It was very... So it was like Cackle or something? Crackle. Crackle! Yes. Okay. Crackle was the, Crackle. was the streaming service. So we'll put the link to that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've... I've said that many times on Mike, and I don't know if you've ever actually done it, so I, I hope we do. <laughs> I'll do it. Okay. Now, <laughs> Steven, what was your overall impressions? Of this movie. I came in with really low expectations. Uh-huh. And it was better than I expected, but not by much. I think that's a pretty accurate summation. I didn't expect it to be the gruesome Rambo-esque movie that it was. A lot of was. body horror. A lot of body horror. Yeah, uh, trigger warning, or content warning, if you don't like body horror, 
don't watch this movie. I mean, I don't like body horror, but I watched the movie. Okay, sorry. Well, yeah, but you had to do it for the content. <laughs> if you're someone that cannot handle it, I would say it's not like, it doesn't stick around long. Like, it'll be like moments of body horror that then like 20 seconds later, we're on to something else. Yeah. Except for one scene, which we'll talk Except about. Except for one scene that was so gruesome, I turned away and I'm like, I can't do this. I had a hard time watching. So, Ugh. <laughs> so the mercenary. Now, I had thought this came out in 2006. No. Nope. 2019. That, that was the other movie that we were looking at. That was the, the, the vampire. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the opening of this movie 20, is... 2019. 2019. That's also where there was some trouble in finding it, because it, some places say 2019, some places say 2020. Okay. I'm assuming they, like, brought it to film festivals in 2019 Probably. and then released it to the general public in 2020. Saluting general public? <laughs> so, the first 15 minutes of this movie, and I wish that was an exaggeration, we did check the timestamps, mm -hmm. are just action scenes? Yeah. <laughs> it's just we go to the we go to Africa. Where in Africa? Who's to say? <laughs> we go to Africa, we kill a bunch of black people that are all like I don't know, merc they're they're not mercenaries. We're following a mercenary company. Yeah, and I wish we had a better description for who these people were. We're not given one. We're not given one. Nope. I will say, if you're a person of color and you were and you needed a stunt job, boy, did you probably get hired for this movie. Because holy crap, do a lot of people of color end up on the wrong side of a lot of stunt work. Yeah. So, we go to Africa. We do... I, 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 I want to say overall, the, the actual mercenary scenes we see where they're like raiding these camps are just bad. Like, they're not coordinated. They don't make any sense. So they, like, raid this camp, they kill everyone, because of course they do, and you think, like, oh, okay, now we're to, like, meet the mercenary company, right? Right, yeah, Steven? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah, we've now introduced the characters, there'll probably be a good guy in the midst of them. Uh-huh. Oh, no, now we're in Iraq. <laughs> I was thinking this was, like, a Band of Brothers-esque kind of thing, like, alright, let me follow each individual storyline. No. Nope, now we're just, oh, okay, now this company's in Iraq, which really, like, is probably Arizona. It did it, not look like Iraq. It looked like Arizona. The, the foliage, I was like, I don't think those trees... I, I don't know a lot about Iraq, but I was like, that does not look like Iraq. It's certainly not the archetype that uh, we would normally see in a Middle Eastern war movie. Correct. Did anything from these first two scenes jump out to you that you feel like you need to talk about? Yes, the the scene that I'm sure you're probably going to talk about too is where they're driving up on our they're in a convoy in Iraq. Iraq. Yep. And the main character gets out of the car. Or no, was it the main character? Somebody gets out of the Somebody car. Somebody gets out of a car and just starts running across the desert. Yep. And just jogging. Just jogging for like, no reason. No reason really. I think what they were trying to do was that he's trying to sneak up and get a better vantage point, but they don't, it, it, the whole picture doesn't lend itself to that. Yeah. So my, my opening salvo of like plot points with no connective tissue, 
this movie feels like they just made a storyboard and then didn't know how to get from one thing to the next. Because you're right, it's just a guy jogging in the desert, yep. and then all of a sudden we're raiding this compound. Yep. I did note one... So the action scenes go from being really cool. Like, some of them are really, really good. And then some of them are like, oh, I could have choreographed this. And that I'm not a good choreographer. <laughs> so, like, one of the ones I did actually think was kind of cool, but way over the top, was the there's one woman in the mercenary company. Mm-hmm. She has a name. It said, like, once. I don't remember it. I didn't catch it. She gouges this dude's eye out and then, like, unleashes a whole machine pistol into him. Way over the top. But was kind of cool. And there's one other thing I wanted to point out in the Iraq scene, Stephen. Mm-hmm. We go into a mosque... You caught this. I did. So we're fighting in what looks to be like, I don't know if mosques have a funeral area. Really what probably happened is they rented out a funeral like home in Arizona for the interior shots. And all of the like names for where they're like, are like memorials or like dead people. They're all white people names. They're all white people names. They're all like Conrad. (laughs) They they couldn't have obscured those. Right. Like, oh, come on, man. Just put up like... A small placard that says someone else's name. But, Steven, there's no time to talk about that. Okay. Because now we're in Colombia. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we're doing Street Fighter World Tour, except just killing people of color. Jumping going, around. Going from Africa to Iraq to Colombia. It. This movie has no tact whatsoever. Zero. So, we're in Colombia. There's people, like, packaging drugs... The mercenaries go and kill them for some reason. Yeah. This okay, I wanna I wanna jump on this too. If they are a well trained mercenary unit, as we believe that they are. As we're supposed to believe they yeah, are, yeah. They just kinda like go in and start shooting with no strategy whatsoever. No coordination, no strategy. They talk before they start shooting and then they use hand signals like standing right next to each other once the fighting's begun. It's like you can just talk. Yeah. Okay. But just like one random shot and like, okay, now I guess we're fighting. Okay, go. So then we, we probably have met him before, but we haven't really gotten the idea of who anyone is yet. Right. Honestly, at this point in the movie, the person that stuck out most to me is the only female character of their cast. Uh, Magpie. Magpie. That's right. Because every woman in a macho space must be named after a bird. Correct. (laughs) Magpie. Yeah. She's not the main character. Our main character's name is Max. And we see Max come up on, like, this woman who had been packaging drugs. And then she gets hit by a grenade and turned into paste. <laughs> but then there's another woman running away for some reason. Yep. In which we get our survivor connection, Rob, chasing after her. And we have to be... Let's let's be clear. Which Rob is this? This is season five, Rob. Yes. Yeah, see, season five, Rob, our skater punk who got into a fight with Sheehan. Yes. Yeah. So... Why he's chasing after her, we don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. But Max apparently knows immediately for some reason and immediately starts chasing him as well. That's weird. Let me go chase after that. Yeah, so they immediately made Rob a rapist. They did. There's no better way to say it. He just takes the girl to the ground, says some really gross shit, rips off her shirt, and then our hero, Max, starts fighting him. Rob slits his throat. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is Rob the main character of this movie? Right. I, I Same thing. I was like, oh, wait, they're doing like a villain hero type of thing. Like, let's make... No? Okay. So not only does he get his 
does Max get his throat slit? The girl that Rob was trying to rape pulls the pin on a grenade yeah. in which Rob uses Max as a body shield yeah. to eat the blast of the grenade mm-hmm. and so, then leaves. So, so he's dead, right? So Max is dead. Yeah. Except no. <laughs> so then Rob, who's not a great actor, by the way. Rob, love you. You were great in season five. You were in a treat to watch. Your acting quality is not high in this movie. He goes back to the camp and is like, no, Max is dead. And they're like, where's his body? He's like, no, I saw him blow up. Where's his body? Rob, just shut the fuck up. (laughs) Just say you don't know where he is. So they find his gun and they basically say, well, we only have like 10 minutes till we got to get out of here. He wouldn't have left his gun, so I guess he's dead. Yeah, everyone's just real quick to dismiss like, nah, he's dead. Even you, except for the 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 big bad guy. Yes, the big bad guy, the boss, who is the boss of this company that we don't realize is the big bad guy yet. He's like, shouldn't we like go check on him? Nah, nah, nah. He's dead. Which okay. Also, Rob. Hey, what if they had found his body and you and his throat slit? Be like, wait, he died in an explosion. Well, I think that's why he was trying to deflect. Like, yeah. character wise, it makes sense to me. You that could just like, say. You could just, oh, no, somebody got him. Somebody got, somebody slit his throat. Yeah. I shot him. I shot the guy who did it, or shot the girl who did it, since you know that she's going to be, well, she pulled a pin on a grenade. She's, she's pulp. She's dead. She's, yeah, Very that's dead. not recognizable at that point. And then shut the fuck up, he's alive. <laughs> I cannot believe, I mean, I can, because this is a movie, and this is, this is Rambo level of, like, nah, he, the plot armor. Yes. And the plot armor is fucking thick. Yes. But in Rambo, the plot armor feels like, oh yeah, he's real good at things. Max just feels like he kind of bumbles into stuff. (laughs) They're trying to make him seem like he's good at things. But I don't believe it for a second. I don't either. It's insane. (laughs) So he like stumbles around and ends up at a church and this priest, I guess Catholic, I guess it's a Catholic church, this priest... Uh, heals him back up. Never explicitly said, but they say priest and they say father a lot. So yeah. we have to go with, it's also in Colombia. I was going to say, Makes yeah. sense. It would be Catholic. But is it in Colombia, Stephen? Because everyone by default speaks in English. <laughs> Even when they're speaking to each other and not our main character. Yeah. <laughs> so would you classify this as a religious movie? <laughs> I was worried it was going to be there for a while. And... I think there are overtones, like they're Mm. trying to make, but it also makes out the religious side of it to seem foolish. That's true. (laughs) So I don't think that that is what they're going for. Hey, Steven. Yeah. How much time passes between Max getting his throat slit and waking up? From what we're led to believe, not a whole lot. Because... There's other people in the mercenary company that come by later that don't recognize Max. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the mercenary company's still here. Is it a month? Is it six months? <laughs> like... <laughs> so, they kind of talk about it and they kind of don't. It seems like the mercenary company is teaming up with a drug cartel. Yes. And is just like, I guess we're gonna run this cartel and make way more money than mercenarying. And they're just cool with it. They're just they're just cool with it. Yeah. It feels like most of those people, from what we're led to believe, would not be cool with that. Correct. Like, it doesn't seem... Honor Among Thieves 
Yeah. Honor among mercenaries. I don't know. It it all seems really out there. And this is what I mean when I said they don't have... They have all these plot points and have no idea how to get between them. Mm-hmm. Because it feels like the plot point was, and then they betray Max. <laughs> and then Max becomes a priest. And he doesn't become a priest. It's basically this this segment where, like, the priest is like, oh, antibiotics aren't cheap. You have to sweep my church. And it's like, I decided that they were cheap, and that you, but now I have to pay you back, so you have to stay for dinner. Yeah. And he keeps swindling him into staying longer. It's kind of Stockholm Syndrome. It kind of is. But you kind of like the, like, oh, it, ge- it gives him purpose. It, yeah, it's, it's a permission structure, right? For, yeah. like, a man that is, like, very, like, honor-driven or whatever of, like, mm-hmm. hey, but you gotta pay me back. Or, yeah. like, hey, I gotta pay you back. You can't make me look like a schmuck. Um, <laughs> give him an excuse, Yeah, basically. I, that was probably the most clever writing in the entire movie. Can I talk about one bit here where, again, they didn't commit to a bit? Yes, please. They, we've sliced his throat. Yep. And they're like, oh, your throat's sliced. You may never be able to talk again. They don't say that, but the word, I assume that. He asks later if he can speak and the priest... And he, and he like doesn't say anything, yeah. and then the priest says something about like, when, "Like you looked at you looked away, like you were lying to me." But I couldn't tell if that was in regards to not being able to speak. That was in regards to his previous life. It was the perfect opportunity for them to do a, a silent protagonist, which is a video game thing, but it also lets you connect with a character more if you're like, okay. Let me... A story tell for me. Let me try to infer what you're trying to do here. Man, silent protagonists are so hard in anything that isn't a video game, though. I agree. Because in a video game, you're controlling the character's actions. But they committed to the silent protagonist for about ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they sure did. And they decide he's not going to talk that much. Yeah. They just are like, ah, he's a semi-silent protagonist. He'll at that say point, some words. At that point, just be silent. Just be silent. <laughs> So they end up giving him a priest robe and they're like, you're not a priest and you can't let people think you're a priest. Even though at this point I think you can't talk. So don't know how you're going to pull that off. Don't know how you would preach anything, but you scare the people in the church. Mm -hmm. So you got to look like a priest. Yeah. I don't know if the Catholic church is really cool with that, but this father seems to live fast, eat grass. You know, he's like, "Ah, whatever flies. From my time in the Catholic Church, there are some priests that are really cool and some priests that are really not. And then, out of after living a simple life for, again, Stephen, how long do you think it's been? <laughs> Maybe five two, days. Two, yeah, two to five days. Uh, a woman comes running into the church, speaking Spanish. We don't get subtitles, is what she says. Mm-hmm. And runs away with the younger father. Mm-hmm. There's an old father and a young father, and then Max. Father Tiago. Yep, that's right. I was looking for it. Runs away with Father Tiago to go hide, and the two these two white men come in. A lot of white men in Colombia. <laughs> in cowboy hats? In cowboy hats. Yeah, they fucking came up from Texas. They or really... down from Texas. Yeah. So, and are like, hey, where'd that girl go? And he, we're led to believe that he can't talk, and they believe that he can't talk. They see the, the slice on his throat, they think he's a snitch. But they work for the cartel, so if he's a snitch, they should probably just kill him. Yeah. Again, that's a major plot point in this, is just the people's inability to just pull the trigger. Oh, yeah. If they were to do the Indiana Jones bang, end of movie. Over and over and over. At least 23 times. Minimum. Yeah. They tell him to go get, they're like, oh, go get us some food then. They don't 
actually look anywhere outside of the church for this girl, which is crazy. So he goes and makes them like a shitty salad with some and like some bread. bread yeah. They tell him it's bad. They throw it on the ground and they leave. Uh, okay. I mean, the, I think the lesson there is supposed to be like, oh, nonviolence, turn the other cheek. Yeah. Which well, and then the priest like kind of lays into that like, hey, he did a great job. He was nonviolent. They left. Everything's great. And next scene, nah, nonviolence is for bitches, is what the movie tells us. Yeah. So, oh, I did write down here, I thought Father Tiago was going to have a heel turn. But there's a moment where the father's like, ah, you're going to speak to us about uh, nonviolent resistance. And Father Tiago goes a step up, and it's, he's like, Max. Now, at this point, we don't know that Max can speak. Uh-huh. And it doesn't seem like the priest knows that Max can speak. Well, he do- he doesn't say that he's going to say some words. He says, I'm going to say some words about him. Oh, sure. Yeah. But our Texans come back. Yeah. They're there. And then they decide that violence is sometimes the answer. Violence is, I guess, the answer. <laughs> and I actually, okay, small side tangent. It's a bonus episode. We're not going to go long. We're going to go as long as we want we'll to. Go as long as we want. Have I talked to you before about the parable of turning the other cheek and what it actually means? Uh, I don't remember, so go on. So, basically, the way that turning the other cheek is often taught from the Bible, the parable is, if somebody hits you, you turn the other cheek. Yes. And people take that, and the church often has taken that to mean, just let them keep hitting you. Mm -hmm. That's not right. It's missing a lot of cultural context from the time. So... In the time of Jesus, when the parable was being told, you had a dirty hand and a clean hand. So the the clean hand you do like all of your life stuff with. The dirty hand was for wiping your ass. Not that. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe maybe also that kind of dirty stuff, Stephen. Attending to animals, stuff like that. Now, turning the other cheek means, like, let's say that my right hand is my clean hand, my left hand is my dirty hand. If I open slap you on the right cheek with my with my clean hand, yeah. that's violence. You can retaliate, but instead, it's being smarter than violence or using violence sparingly. If you if you turn and present your right cheek and turn your head, I either have to smack you with my dirty hand, which is a dishonor to me, or I have to backhand you, which is also a dishonor to me. It's being smarter than the person who's accosting you. Dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. <laughs> and it makes you look small. So it's not just, oh yeah, sit there and take it. So weirdly enough, I, I, I was prepared to go on like a whole rant about like, oh, we're doing non-violence is the answer. And then the movie decides from here on out that violence is the violence answer. Violence is definitely the answer for the rest of the movie. <laughs> for the rest of the movie. So <laughs> I will say, this priest also changes his message to whatever is convenient yeah. the entire movie. Yeah, absolutely. We, we don't stick to anything. We just, uh, well, my entire life I've lived a nonviolent resistance. But fuck those guys. Yeah. Kill them dead. Yeah. Constantly. So then we go back. The two guys, so our hero Max beats up the two guys who are trying to kidnap that girl. We find out later to send her to basically pack drugs in the jungle. It's, that's what the cartel's been doing is kidnapping people and being like, go work in the drug factories now. Sure. So they go back to the the town, which literally does just look like a Wild West saloon at, like, a fucking Six Flags. Like, it it looks bad. I don't understand why it's there. It doesn't look like something that belongs in this world. They go back to report that they, like, oh, yeah, there was a bunch of priests, and they jumped us. And our big bad is like, what the fuck are you talking about? I know exactly what's going on. There's only two priests there. Yeah, oh. 
but there's a third, and I recognize him from this grainy black and white photo I saw from, from across, across the, the room. <laughs> it was that guy. And it's not like it's just him. It's an enti- It's a photo of the entire company. Yes. And he's like, that guy walks over, grabs the photo, walks it back, points at this specific person in full combat uniform. No fucking way. How would... No. No way. I can suspend my disbelief. <laughs> I could not suspend my disbelief for this moment. It was upsetting. It's ridiculous. And again, a plot point we didn't know how to jump to. Big bad must know that Max is actually alive, though. Yeah. And... Oh, side note, bad guys are always drinking whiskey in movies. Like, you want to show your bad guys, like, a, like put together, like, cocky bad guy? They always got to be drinking whiskey at a desk. I want a movie where the bad guy is drinking a frozen daiquiri and just sitting there with a curly straw, like... <laughs> Listen, as a whiskey drinker, it just gives us a bad name, okay? <laughs> yeah, this whole scene is... is super weird. This whole, this whole, like scene of Leclerc, I think his name is, the big bad. Leclerc finding out that Max is alive is just kind of all over the place where he's, like, not... He's like, oh, I knew he was alive. Yeah. But, like, for some reason you stayed in Columbia when that didn't seem like that was the goal when you left him there because mm-hmm. you said you only had 10 minutes then you had to go. Also, you raided the cartel's drug packing, so why did you stay the the heel turn and the whole motivation behind the mercenary company makes no goddamn sense. Correct. But I will say you were right. Leclerc is the the big bad, and I think he was the best actor in the entire movie. I agree. <laughs> you looked like you weren't going I, to. I was I was thinking if there was anybody better, but no, I agree. I th- I do think the the main the old priest was pretty good. I agree. I think he was pretty good. He was very limited in what he had to do, though. Yes. Uh, I also kind of like the guy. In, you can. See, I don't know if you can see my screen. Yes, the guy. So they paired a guy with our our uh, favorite Rob from Survivor. Mm-hmm. It's not even not even. Well, of the four Robs, this Rob is probably the third best. Okay, wait. Let's let's like rank your Robs. Okay. Amazon Rob. Okay. Boston Rob. Got it. This Rob. Uh-huh. Igor. Yes. Yep. I agree. I, well, I don't know that I agree, but I see what you're saying. Who would you? What would your list be? Um. I guess what what are we ranking on? Likeability. Like a bit. Okay, then yes, your list. How is much correct. I enjoy when they're on the screen. Your list is correct. <laughs> also, all villains all villains should be Australian. Always. He was Australian, and it brought up some great phrases that you wouldn't hear. Uh, one of which was, are you pissing on my leg and trying to tell me it's raining? I've used that one before. I didn't know that was Australian. It's, it's raining. There's also one that I always love. We're not out here to fuck spiders. That one is insane. It's insane, but I've heard it used outside of my circle. So it, it's real. All right. I don't like that. That's real. (laughs) No, and I, I love the Australian and British way of like ending a sentence with a question. Like, when they, like, in it, or in like, it. uh, don't they? Like, those, like, and it's not a real question. It's, I don't know. It, it's like, it's like a weird rhetorical question at the end of a sentence. I, I, I really like the way it sounds. Yep. But anyway, they then go to the church, all of them, all including of them. the clerk, and yep. are like, hey, it's Max. <laughs> the fuck, Max? Hey, Max. And they're kind of like, hey, why did you leave us? And I'm sitting there screaming at the TV. I'm like, you left. You didn't look for his body for 30 seconds. Yeah, they're the ones that feel betrayed. Right. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
And he's basically like, oh, you hurt two of my guys, so that means I gotta hurt two of you. Or, you can go on a date with me at 8 p.m. and come over and have dinner. <laughs> I don't get it, but all right. Okay. Sure. Wait, just tell him to come, like, be like, hey. Let's go talk. We gotta go talk. Yeah. What's this, what's this weird? It's like we missed something. Anyway. So, Max decides to go to dinner, because... Oh, he oh. can talk now, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he can talk. He, he, he talked during the... No, violence is actually the answer sometimes, guys. Yes. The, one, the one where he beat up the two cowboys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the cowboys in Colombia. Sure. So he goes to the saloon to have dinner, and there's a giant... There's a lot, a lot of food around, but, like, a giant fucking lobster sitting in the middle, which the bad guy keeps referring to as a crab... <laughs> and I don't know if that's regional or if there's something we didn't, if there's like crab somewhere we didn't see it or I, that I can't, can't be a lobster is a lobster. I do not believe that that is regional. I cannot believe it would be. No. So obviously doesn't eat anything. They're trying to do like the whole, like, ah, come back and work for us. We're here because it's really hard traveling. We don't want to be nomadic. So we decided to live in Colombia. You've made enough money. Go live on a beach somewhere. Why are you doing this? Can I... Can I... I just put some two and two together. Is this... I know we said this isn't a religious movie. Is this a Last Supper allegory? Oh, fuck off. Probably. Because with what they're about to do, Jared... Yeah, I... Oh my god, you're right! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> fuck! <laughs> this movie suddenly became super brilliant. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, okay, maybe this was on the outline <laughs> that they just didn't have time to connect. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> they're like, you're not going to join us? Fine. Like, you, you, like your, your options were join us or leave, so then you got to go. And Max is like, don't hurt the people at the church then, pretty please? And they go, yeah. And he goes, what, promise? And they go, yeah. Like, they never actually say promise. Like, that's, I was, I was tracking the dialogue, see if it came up. It doesn't matter. So he goes back to the church to pack, and oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna come anyway. We immediately changed our mind. Nah. Yep. The clerk's like, oh, actually, we came to kill you, cause fuck you. Yeah. Now, we couldn't have done that when you were held pretty much at gunpoint by sixteen people around you mm -hmm. while oh. you ate a dinner. Could have just put a gun to his head and blown his head off. If that's what you're going to do, yeah. like, it's not like honor was part of your thing or whatever, because you're showing up here at night and going, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you anyway. Yeah. So, Stephen. Yep. I like symbolism in movies. Uh-huh. Sometimes. Sure. What do you think about this scene? This was hard to watch. <laughs> now that I've connected it back, it's all, he's, it's all a Jesus allegory. Yeah. Then, yeah. But, <laughs> man, our man... Gets crucified. Literally. So there's a cross in the church, because it's a church. Yeah. And for some reason, on the altar, like, or the pulpit where, like, the priest would preach, there's just a box of fucking, like, drive spike nails. Yeah. Like, for, like, a railroad? Yeah. Or, like, for a crucifixion. So... And a hammer. And a hammer. Very important. They nail them in places that are unclear. Yeah. In this scene... It looks like it might be through his hands or maybe the tops of his wrists. And then later his wounds are like in the middle of his forearm. Yeah. yeah not consistent. But he doesn't put up a fight. There's no badass like, oh, I'm going to turn this around. Nope. They just fucking crucify him. Mm -hmm. So so he's dead, right? So he's dead. And we put a gun to his head while he can't use his arms. Yeah. And shoot him in the head, right? Right. 
No, what if we took the entire fucking company, went outside, <laughs> and shot at the building? <laughs> it's so dumb. Do you not remember what happened the last time you didn't see a body? Yeah, no, clearly not. So he he pulls his arm off of the spikes, like, yeah. all the way through. Oh, that was hard to watch. Which that's is, the moment where I had to turn away, too. That's as gory as the movie got, other than, like, random intestines dropping on sure. the floor. But, no, that was hard to watch. And then he crawls out the window before the building explodes. Well, because conveniently, first they shoot at the building where they think, where they, like, crucified him mm -hmm. while he's crawling out. Mm -hmm. And then once he's out of the window, then they shoot a grenade in the building. Uh, Jared, can I ask a question? Uh, yes. If you had a spike driven through both of your arms, you're probably not going to have the physical strength, one, to hold up your arms, two, to push open a window, three, when you recover later to go punching people. <laughs> yeah, but shut up, though. He's Jesus. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> All we need is a walking on water and, story. And hey, um, mercenary company. Come uh -huh. on. Yeah. Get close. I'm going to, okay. Maybe send someone in afterwards to check that the body is, like, there and dead and not, like, gone. Send in your lowest level grunt. Say, is he dead? Sure. You don't care about these people's lives. Yeah. You've shown that time and time again. I mean, I guess that doesn't work because we we trusted Rob's opinion from before. True. <laughs> and now the priest says, the priest, like, rescues him to go out to, and, like, a bungalow out in the jungle. I don't know what to call it. A hut out in the jungle. And basically, like, the priest, the old priest is like, Hey, Max, what if you killed people for Jesus? Yeah. I know I said nonviolence. He's like, maybe you should worship God in the way that you know how. Through extraordinary violence. Oh, man. <laughs> so, we get a training montage. Our guy goes on a jog through the woods. And again, another example of a plot point we didn't know how to connect. Old priest gotta die. Old priest gotta Old die. Old priest gotta die. So Rob and his lackey, uh, the guy with the long blonde hair, show up and tell the priest, or like, hey, what's what's this? Like, this is a pretty bad shack. And he's like, ah, it's where I go for solace. You want some soup? <laughs> I got some soup. And they're like, no, we're not hungry. Don't move. They literally say, don't move. Ah, uh, I got some bread to go with the soup. Ah, uh, but I can get you some bread. The priest turns on to grab the bread and they fucking light him up. In which case I was like, yeah, that makes sense though. <laughs> like that was the one time where I was like, yeah, they did tell him not to, like, not to move. This was a funny line though, because right after they're like, oh, I guess he was going for bread. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> so it felt like the priest also knew the priest had to die. Like he was looking over at the script and was like, oh, this is where I get shot. Okay, cool. I'm going to go All for right. the bread then All so right. I can get shot. So, of course, Max comes back. Oh no, the priest is dead. I'm going to go kill everyone about it. Yeah, this is now, uh, here's my revenge story. Yep. As if you didn't have enough reasons for revenge up till this point. We should also point out that he goes to have dinner in the dinner scene earlier with the main bad guy. He doesn't go, hey, yeah, I stopped Rob from raping a girl and then he cut my throat open. Yeah. Does not get addressed. Not at all. As to why he got left behind. Not at all. Hold on, before we move on, I do want to point out that when he returned from his run, which he did with open wounds, I, I, it's stupid. It gets the blood flowing right out of your body. Yeah. He comes back, he's crying, he's weeping over this priest, and the other priest comes back, and he try, he like gives him the hand signal, like, no, stay away, 
to the uh, to the young priest. Yeah, why? Why? You he's known him for who knows how long. For maybe his entire life. You've known him for somewhere between 5 days and 2 weeks. <laughs> like what is going on? Stay away. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> so, now we have like the Rambo part of the movie where Max is going it alone against an entire mercenary company. And a couple things I'm going to point out throughout this sequence of events. Go on. People's refusal to use the weapons in their hand to shoot Max. <laughs> what I'm talking about. Is crazy. There's, and listen, as a fight choreographer for film, you have a lot more leeway to get away with that kind of shit because if the camera's not on them, they don't exist. Like, right. we're really bad at tracking what's going on off screen. Mm-hmm. But we can only suspend our disbelief so far. And, like, the 17th time I see someone with a gun get run up on without even attempting to point it at the guy they're trying to kill. And we're given $100,000 if they were able to kill. Yeah, he says that. The, yep. the main bad guy is like, anyone who kills him, $100,000. Oh, I will also say there's a lackey who points out to the bad guy when they find out Max is alive because he kills some people. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, yeah, we didn't see a body because you were too much of a coward to, like, <laughs> shoot him then. And then said, did it from outside. I do like that the movie calls out its own bullshit sometimes. It's at least somewhat self-aware in these moments. So I'm like, okay, good. Nice. Can I make a comparison in this fight choreography to something that a lot of people might know? Please. This is Power Rangers fight choreography. Hard agree. Where you were surrounded by 20 lackey putties. And all of them will stand in a circle, wait for you to engage them, and then you throw them to the side and turn around, now I'm going to punch this one. Cool. Yep. And there's one, this, he, he gets these this group of like nameless, faceless, low-ranking grunts first, yeah. as almost like bait for the rest of them. And he has a bit where, okay, so he has a machine gun pointed on the guy laying down. The guy laying down is laying on his right side, facing to the right. The gun is over to the left. And Max says, don't go for the gun, and I won't shoot you. So what does he do? Immediately tries to roll over. And it's like, my guy, you could run that back a million times, and you do not get to that gun first, any of them. (laughs) There's 0% chance. Your only hope is that that gun in his hand jams. Like, what are you, why, you're, that's so stupid. (laughs) And not even, like, action movie stupid. Like, can't, but why did we put this scene in there if it's gonna be that stupid, stupid? I love it. So then the main group of people come and investigate the dead grunts. Yes, Stephen? <laughs> Sorry. It just reminded me what happens next. Is the, the We've had little bits and pieces showing us that the, the female mercenary is a bit of a klepto. Like, steals from the dead bodies. Everywhere we go, it's like, all right, boom, 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 stealing things. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, she steals the ring from, what, from the people at the bar. She steals things from oh, yeah, the okay. scene. So... Considering the most exposure we got to any of them was the first 15 minutes of the movie in which I didn't know their names mm-hmm. or how to differentiate them between each other, I had forgotten. Yeah. So I, w- I don't know if they were intending for this to be this way, but she steals the, the big chunky gold necklace off of the guy who was... One of the grunts. Yeah, one of the grunts who... I think the guy who was reaching for his gun. Doesn't matter. We're led to believe that the main character, Max, rigs it so that when she pulls the necklace... A grenade pin goes with it, and oh, she blows herself up. Not one. Two grenade pins. <laughs> she basically cut the necklace and tied each end of it to a grenade pin, so when she pulled it, it pulled two grenades. Yeah. So she pulls it, and she's like, fuck, and then she explodes. 
And then, what do you, okay, so the, the main bad guy is like, okay, everyone, get back to the saloon, we're gonna hold up there. So, what would you do next if you're Max? Like, you wanna kill all these people. What do you do? They're all held up in, like, basically a fortress. Would it be surrender yourself by walking out in front of a jeep full of goons? <laughs> that's right. I forget that that's what he did. Yeah, so he literally walks out in front of it. And this is what I mean when I'm like, it's not Rambo. Like, it doesn't feel like Rambo because Rambo would sure. never do that. Well, right. Like, like Rambo's plan is, is like, over the top in, like, plot armor. Mm-hmm. But this is suicidal. Yes. He literally walks in front of the jeep and puts his hands up and is like, I want to surrender. After we've already established that anyone who kills him will get $100,000. Run him over. Yeah. With the jeep. Right then, what are you doing? So they they take they bring him into the jeep, and the guy one of the guys puts a gun to his head and is like, "I'm gonna make a hundred thousand dollars off of you." They call the boss. We get the boss inside of the phone call, who is like, "What? What? Wait, you have Max? You like you have him right now, dead or alive?" He goes, "Alive? No, fucking kill him!" Yeah, and then hangs up the phone. And goes, "They're already dead. <laughs> Pull over, kill him right now." <laughs> Which again, the movie being somewhat self aware, do kind of appreciate that. Yeah. So they've ordered 10 guys to stand out and guard the saloon. Jeep pulls up. Max waits till the Jeep pulls up like he didn't know where the saloon was. Like, why did you need him to, them to take you there? You've been there. Does some bullshit where he kills everyone in the car. For some reason, people outside don't just, like, light the car up full of bullets. Kills that, all the people outside. That was actually one of the better action scenes. It was yes. the, the short-range fighting in the car. And the only one that kind of made sense where, like, the guy in the front gets has a shotgun that gets, like, he tries to turn around and gets, like, it hits the roof. And it's like, yeah, you're trying to navigate a fucking pump shotgun in a Jeep. It did look like he was pretty weakly trying to <laughs> turn around his shotgun. Like, oh, buddy. All right, acting. They're all... They all die to Max's hand. This guy has the most plot armor I've ever seen. At one point, he, like, lays under the Jeep, and, like, mm-hmm. nobody thinks to look down. Mm-hmm. Goes in the saloon. Oh, the one I wanted to point out was the guy, the blonde-haired guy, right? So, we get a grenade launcher. Blonde-haired yeah. guy stands in the doorway. Has a gun in his hand. Yeah. Instead of shooting Max in the head, goes, Aw, oh, fuck. <laughs> and gets hit by the grenade. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy, come on. And now we get sequence after sequence where this is this is the action movie that didn't because like there's so many times where they could have put in cool action lines. Instead, he just says nothing. He says nothing the whole time. The whole time. And, which at that point make him a silent protagonist. But it, it like gets close up on him like he's gonna give an action line. I think like I just can't remember his lines. Yippee ki motherfucker. <laughs> like I don't know something. I don't care if it's referential of some other shit. Could be anything. Anything. It could even be an anti-joke. Like, I don't care. Just say something. Boom. All right, wait, hold on. What's what's rapid fire? You're you're standing over a guy. You have just pulled the trigger. Camera pans to your face. What do you got? Gun, meat face. No, bullet, meat face. Ah, uh, we blew it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, take two. Action. Bullet, meat face. Cool, can we get an alternate? Action. Meat face. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) our main, our main character, Max, at this point has a full on LMG, like a, like a fucking two handed machine gun. Yep. Guy walks into the room, a guy I think we've seen before. I think he's part of the core mercenary group. Who knows? We got no characterization for most of them. He sets down his gun, keeps up a hand and pulls out a knife and gestures towards the dead guy. And Max just sets down his gun mm-hmm. and goes and gets the knife because, again, 
in the plot outline was, and here's a knife fight. You want to play some knifey stabby? <laughs> hey, just shoot him. Either of you, just shoot him. But again, we are led to believe that as this story continues, that there are at least six people in the next room just waiting for this knife fight to be done. Oh, once the knife fight's done, we see the main guy in the next room doing cocaine about yeah. it. <laughs> like, like, this is a good time. All right. Again, he could have just walked out with the myriad of guns that he has in that room and shot him. Yep. He clearly doesn't care about his own company. He could have shot at both yeah. of them. And Rob gets... So, we... Main character comes on in. Rob body tackles him from an off-frame. Yeah. yeah. They have a knife fight about it. Rob gets his intestines rearranged. Fine. that he do. And then we have... A knife versus sword fight <laughs> that might be one of the worst choreographed fights I have ever seen on film. So, a difference in... in my, I'm not an expert by any means. Sure. But, when you're choreographing for the stage, we have a thing called, like, punching the parrot. So, if you're aiming... If I'm, if I'm trying to punch Steven on the right side of his face, I'm going to use my left hand, I'm going to aim for the parrot on his left shoulder, the parrot, like basically the, the window between his ear and his shoulder on that side mm -hmm. where a parrot would sit if you're a pirate. Mm -hmm. That works because an audience has one angle and it's far away and you can sort of like manipulate that and you're not aiming at him. Yeah. For film, you have to be so much closer and a lot of your shit has to be contact, not like punching people in the face, but has to be like soft contact or has to be, okay, this is the specific camera angle we're, we're using, mm -hmm. so this will be out of frame, but you have to get, you still have to get really fucking close. And that's why you see a lot of action scenes change angles a lot. Yeah. It's the same concept as WWE. Like, we're hiding things. Yes. And you have complete control of it because you have a camera. Yeah. This fight scene, they're not aiming at each other, like, even once. You just watch sword slashes that, like, are aiming at fucking nothing. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> I didn't have as much of a problem with it as you did, but I was very confused at his choice of sword. He, he was using like a pirate ass saber. I like the pirate ass saber. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. All right. Although it did remind me because it's so comically long. It reminded me of a bit from you haven't seen Gurren Lagann. I need to show you Gurren Lagann. There's a bit where uh, Kamina like pulls out a sword and like he's talking the whole time and the sword like that was on his hip is like standard length sword, but it's so over the top while he's talking that it just like keeps opening, mm -hmm. just keeps going mm -hmm. and keeps getting longer and longer and longer. And it's great. So yeah, we kill the bad guy and then we walk off into the sunset. Wait, we do have our one action line here. Oh, that's what our, was it? I forgot. This is for Father Elias, you motherfucker. Oh God. That's it. That's it. Not even quick. Not even like quippy. Just factual. Sorry, Elias. Yes. And then Father Tobias. I don't remember his name. <laughs> young Father. Young Father. Young Father. Tiago. Tiago meets up with him. And is basically like, "What are you gonna do now?" And then some good. I hope. And walks off into the sunset. <laughs> End of fucking movie. End of movie. He has murdered. Hundreds of people. Hundreds. So, this movie... Oh, man. This movie, man. It feels like they just started with action scenes and plot points and then never got around to making the rest of the movie. So, 
IMDb gives it a 5.2 out of 10. Would you say that you agree with that? I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, like, it's not awful. It's not. Well, no, no. So unfortunately in rating systems, a seven is seven out of 10 is considered like mediocre. So a five is pretty bad. (laughs) But for as little funding as this movie. Yeah. 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 It's it shooting about its, its range. Sure. That's fair. Okay. Steven. Uh huh. I have a game for you. All right. I want you to rank all of the stuff we've watched for bonus episodes. Okay. We have to, you have to remind me what these are. Sure. So, okay. So this gone top shot rumble in the jungle game changer. Okay. I mean, game changer is, has to be on top, That's right? Fair. That's the game changer episode where they did survivor yes. the first time they did it a second time, Correct. which is all, which is better, but game changer is number one. Okay. Top shot is number two. Okay. This is number three. Okay. The, the, the Rumble in the Jungle preview. <laughs> number four. And then Gone is all the way at the bottom. Wow. It's not redeemable. It's not good bad. It's just bad. Gone is number one with a bullet. From, no, that's not true. Game Changer is number one. But then Gone is number two. Okay. For me. We have very different personalities. And it's, <laughs> it's showing more right here than anywhere else. Than most other places. Yes. I wouldn't say anywhere else. Okay, fair. <laughs> we have a whole podcast about it. Oh, man. Your final rating on Rob's acting skills. Bad. Bad. Rob, I, you're, you seem like a good guy. You're a bad actor. At I, least in the limited amount that we got. There there was some flashes where I was like, oh, maybe he has some talent. Yeah. And it wasn't like he had a good script to help him, but... I didn't hate him. I... It seemed like he was overacting, or he he just... He's fresh to it. He didn't know yeah. how to do anything, and by all by lack of any sort of real world experience, he's just like, yes, acting. He was the you worst actor in the film. Yes. Yeah. Well, other than the background characters, sure, I don't count that. <laughs> sure, <laughs> he was the worst named character. That's probably true. But no, keep keep doing your thing, man. Like, oh the, yeah, no shame. I genuinely want to see him continue acting and get better. Sure. And take some acting lessons. Dwayne The Rock Johnson wasn't good when he started. That's true. And, you know, there's there's a market for big guy that can do stunts. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go for it. Mm-hmm. Also, he's bald now. Yeah. He looks very similar, though. He, yeah. He sounds exactly the same. I don't think so. Oh, really? Because he, he dropped the... I mean, if anything else, he dropped the surfer boy. True. Uh, lingo the the dialect like that's all gone thank god because that would not track in this movie <laughs> but he replaced it with like a gravel yeah a heavy true. gravel anything else you want to add steven no like if you want to watch this movie i don't know that i can with good conscience recommend it yeah if you add if you are someone that likes cheap action yeah and have two hours to kill sure if you could sit through a Steven Seagal movie, you could easily sit through this That's movie. That's the best comparison. Yeah. There's a lot of arm waving. Oh, yeah, there is. And again, he had stakes driven through his arms. He should not be able to do this shit. God, I wish Ricky O, The Legend of Ricky, was Survivor related. <laughs> I'd make you watch that in a heartbeat. Oh, man. There's a scene in that movie where the dude gets all of his, like, sinew, like, or tendons in his arms chopped. 
and then throws pocket glass in the guy's eyes so he can tie them back together with his teeth and hands. Stop. And then his arm works fine. Stop. It's hilarious. Can I... I just caught something on the IMDb. Can I end this with one last little fun fact? Go on. One of the mercenary crew, his name, Jobber. Shut up. <laughs> right here. Shut up. Jobber. Jabber, okay. Wow. I'm, no, I'm going with Jobber. Jobber. For my co-host Steven, this is Jared. For my host Jared, this is Steven. Bye-bye, and we'll see you in season seven. We'll see you in the Pearl Islands, baby! Beep.